So I just told Dave a naughty joke. I'm not. It gonna, was yeah, no. a naughty joke about about genetics. Yeah. So there we go. So we won't One share that, that. Cannot be shared. Too naughty that was, and uh, and too nerdy. Nerdy yeah. and naughty. So hello and welcome to those vicar blokes. I'm Howell the nerdy vicar, and I'm Dave Coaches. Uh, so you've been up to anything fun this week, Dave? I don't think we've been up to anything fun actually. Um, no, because we've been like kind of. Well, it's Wednesday today. I, I did go to. Um, I did go to watch Swindon Town play with Malcolm. Oh, all right. Was that the Rovers one? were away in Carlisle. They won away in Carlisle. Yeah. Well, I laughed. I'm not going to go to Carlisle to watch him here. I laughed. No, I didn't know. So I went to Swindon with Malcolm instead. Now, I laughed when one of the the, the, uh, the Stockport players dragged a Swindon Town player to the floor and it was a clear foul right in front of the linesman. And the linesman didn't flag for it. <laughs> and I, I then realised, because it was so funny, it was so, like, stupid a mistake. And I didn't care who won the game, so it didn't yeah. matter to me. Um, whereas everybody else in the stand, including Malcolm, was furious. <laughs> it wasn't given. So I so I did laugh at that. They went laugh out loud. Um but yeah, so that was that was quite good. It was interesting. Nice to uh, go watch a different team, and it's nice to watch one live when you're a neutral as well. To be fair, yeah, that's true. That's quite nice. To yeah, do. that's true. Actually, because you can actually enjoy the game yeah. in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't feel like you have to shout abuse at the linesman the whole time. Or... Well, yeah, that's football for you, isn't it? Really? Yeah, like... I always take my dog collar out on the way in <laughs> when I go to the Rovers. Just make sure you don't misbehave. That's like, right. Yeah. yeah. I do get. I, well, I told you what happened with my lads when uh, he was on his Xbox when I was watching the Six Nations. No. He was on his Xbox with his headset, right? And um, I was watching it, I thought, quite restrainedly, right? Yeah? Yeah. And his mates were on the on the Xbox, and they said, is your mum all right? And, and they were like, what? And they said, is your mum all right? I can just hear your dad screaming at her. He's just going berserk. He's getting really aggressive. Is, is she okay? And he was like, and he was like, no, he's just watching the rugby. It's just the <laughs> Six Nations. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just, yeah. He said he's shouting at Dan Bigger. You know, that's what it is. You know, yeah. so that's what it's like. So, yeah, I haven't done much myself either, really. It's been been quick turnaround this week. So um, what are we talking about this time, then? We're talking about... Um how the prophecy that we made last week has been fulfilled in the news and that the Home Secretary at the time of record last week is no longer the Home Secretary doof, at the time doof, of record doof, this doof, week. Doof, 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 yeah, in it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. EastEnders, in, it, in this week's episode of EastEnders. Yeah, yeah okay. so we talk about that. We talk, well, we had a request, didn't we, to talk about Ecclesiastes. Yeah, we did so genuinely. talk about Ecclesiastes. Yeah, um, we, we haven't off. shared much of its... It's wisdom, but you know we have. We had a go. I think it's brilliant, um, but we'll get on. We just said we liked it, yeah. And then we talked about um, Modern Family. Modern Family, yeah. That's uh, on uh, Disney Plus. It's uh, a comedy show on that. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that when we get to it. So hold on to your hats for the music.
Right, and Dave, so, so what's in the news? Uh, in the news. I, even I know what the news is this week, because it's really funny. It's really yeah. funny. Well, we we, we <laughs> prophesied over it, didn't we, last week? Everyone listens to you, Dave. Well, yeah, I know, absolutely. So last week we had, what's we his said name? the current Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, but she's not the current Home Secretary anymore. So now she's we've had Mark, sacked. was it Mark Rowley listened to you last yeah, week? He did, yeah, yeah, over yeah. the protests. And now Sunak's listening you know, to him and he One of our regular listeners said to me, she's pretty sure Mark Rowley didn't listen to me. Yeah. He's just said exactly the same thing he did at the time, except I was more pleased to hear it this time. Oh, maybe. And I think that's very accurate. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh, and we have to we have to be open to these criticisms, don't we? And yeah. We were. So, yeah, um, the Home Secretary is gone. Yeah. Um, Suella Braverman. And she sent a... Oh, nasty letter. Uh, nasty letter, yeah. yeah. Doom, I was going to say doom, a love letter, doom, but doom, it's doom. definitely not that, is it? I know. It's been a really good episode of EastEnders. Yeah, hasn't it? It's I, been a good... Even I've, even I've tuned into the soap it, opera. It, it's been a really good week. So James Cleverly has been moved from Foreign Secretary to Home Secretary. And like EastEnders, Dirty Den has been dug back out from the river in which That's he right. died. The, um, the ratings were going down so they just brought back Dirty Den, didn't they? From Dirty the river. Den, yeah, that's yeah. right. To get the, Dirty the Dave, yeah. Um, yeah, Dirty Dave. Yeah, Dirty Dave, yeah. yeah. If you believe those stories that came out a few years ago. What, Oink Oink. Oink Oink, oink, oink yeah. is Dave, yeah. Yeah, good uh, old Isabel Oak shot. Yeah, we call, um, in, in our house, he's called Die. Because Dye, that's yeah, like Welsh for Dave, Dave yeah. yeah. So David Cameron is back as Foreign Secretary. And he's not even an MP. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, it's just I funny. Was, I it's was quite funny. pleased, though, in some ways. What the dies back? He's back as foreign secretary. Because although I might not like everything that he did, and I certainly don't like the referendum um, and, and the upshot of that, I do think that for most of the time, he was a grown-up person in the room. He, no, I, I, I hate die. Bedroom tax. Well, I've seen too many people evicted because of that when I was there. And I told you about that, that woman who was... Um, I, no, I wasn't spent, a yeah. big fan of austerity. No, I, I wasn't I'm either. never going to be a fan of austerity. Well, that was his, that was his primary... That was, it was his primary thing, wasn't it? Was austerity. Well, I think it's a poor economic model. Um, well, we, we ended up with more debt than when we started because of it. Yeah, and with lower outcomes for people it, and a bigger disparity. Yeah. So it's definitely not a good thing. Um, so he's not a grown-up, really, then, at all, is he? He's not a nice but he's person. He's like all grown-ups, though, and he gets things wrong. Um, um, but, it, I, but I think his attitude in the approach wasn't comedic. And I think... I, I don't label Theresa May as that way either, actually. But... I, th- I think you've just fallen for this idea that wasn't it nice in the 90s and the early 2000s before all this started? Well, no, because I don't think it was nice. But I think but he's not that, a grown that up. the intention was better. He's not a grown-up. He, he's not. It's this idea of the grown-ups are back in the room. He's 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 just a joke. Think, he's just right. What he did was wrong. What he did was really bad. But was the culture of politics as bad? I think it was... I think, um, uh, I think it was it was a different type of. It wasn't a soap opera then. Yeah. Like now, it's just a soap opera, isn't it? Like yeah. even I've tuned into the the. Um, I didn't watch it. I watched bits of it on YouTube, so I can't be bothered to watch the whole of it because it's just nonsense. But 
you you watch it's just a soap opera. Their their ratings are going down, so they brought back Dirty Den. That's it. Well, maybe that's all it is. Well, yeah, it's something that Dominic Cummins said uh, when I watched that thing when he was in the. Um, there was another good episode of the soap opera that was when he was in the the um, inquiry thing, wasn't he? Yeah, and he called it a Potemkin. Uh, uh, yeah, a what? A Potemkin. Yeah, but what is a Potemkin? A Tempkin, as I looked it up. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. So what? A, it's really interesting. What a Potemkin is is Catherine the Great was a, a Russian leader in the 18th century, right? Yeah. And she wanted to t- conquer um, Ukraine. And Potemkin was a um, general in her army, right? And what he wanted to do was he wanted to show that he'd conquered Ukraine, but he hadn't conquered Ukraine. So he did. He created a Potemkin village, which was a kind of fake village, to so he could bring Catherine the Great down so she could see this fake village and then tell her, look at the wonderful thing I've done in Ukraine. Right, okay. So it was all a sham. It was all... So the idea... You know, like you have in films where you have, like, the frontage of houses and stuff? Yeah. And behind it, there's no house. It's just a yeah. front. That's what... I went to Coronation Street. Yeah, like, like that. that. That's a Potemkin. Yeah. 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 That's why it's a soap opera. Ah, oh, right, okay. So it's all a bit of a joke, really, I think. Yeah. But I think in the past, it was a bit more... Um, I think they could still pretend that things were going okay so the chaos hadn't actually happened. And they could pretend they had a long-term economic plan. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And then you had that. So what they would do, they weren't grown up at all. They just, they just like, when they were interviewed, there's a wonderful YouTube video called, um, uh, oh, what was it? Who was the Labour leader now before, um, who was that? Before Keir Starmer, Jeremy Corbyn. Before Corbyn. Um, Ed, Ed Miliband. Yeah, he's trying to make a comeback. Bacon guy. Sandwich Boy. Yeah, that's him, yeah. So Ed Miliband, there's something called Ed Miliband Repeat. And basically, he just said the same thing over and over and over and over again. Because he knew yeah. they would take a soundbite out. Yeah. yeah. So they were just better at being a Potemkin. Did Ed Miliband invent the soundbite? No, no, no. They all did it. Like, Dave Cameron was a laugh because he would talk to people, he'd make a statement, and then walk off. So you never asked him a question. Yeah, he was quite good at that. Yeah. He, that To me, that seems a really good technique, to say what you want to say. And walk don't away. Don't get caught out because you've walked away. Exactly. And remember to unclip your microphone, unlike yeah, Gordon they Yeah, they're just better at PR, aren't they? Yeah, that's very true. So they're not, they're not um, grown-ups and all that. They're just better at PR. They just they better at keeping the establishment on the road, didn't they? Yeah. Well, they stop the shop front from falling off, don't they? Yeah. Which is and the that's which the is, reality. Which is whereas, the whole. Whereas the shop front's fallen off over the last couple of years, and everybody can see what's laid bare inside. Exactly. So they, they they're not as good at keeping up the Potemkin, are they? No. Well, that's an interesting take. That. that and probably got a lot of reality in it. Do you see what I mean? But none of it's any different, is it? No, because they're not in charge. They're, they're not in charge. <laughs> now, now you're starting to sound like <clears throat> the other news, aren't you? What other news? Well, Nadine Doris and her books. Oh, that, she's silly. That, that, that there's this that. little machine that... Not physical machine, but a machine of people that 
that really control everything. Oh, no, I don't believe that. And all the rest of it. Oh, no, that's silly, that is. And that, that they are the people, like, as if they're in a basement somewhere no, making all no, the decisions, no, no, like no. we're in some episode of the Truman Show or something. No, 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 I don't think that. I think it's sort of... It's, it's, that's just ridiculous. I think it's more kind of... <laughs> What we've done, we've put kind of legislation on legislation on legislation on legislation, right? So really, we're kind of locked into this system, which we kind of can't get out of. And then the system doesn't work. So it's not that there's a group of people who control everything. It's actually the system's in charge, not the people. Does that make sense? So it's kind of like, it's not, it's, it's just so complicated that nobody's actually in charge. Because all the decisions have been made. But for I think you. there are people that pull the levers of control. But they're the most rich, the most powerful. Yeah, they're uh, the other. Uh, and actually, yeah. they're the ones that can then influence the media that influences the plebs like you and me. Well, that's why he dies back. Oh, the pleb bloke is back as well. I see him. Do you remember the pleb bloke? Oh, yeah. What was his name? I can't remember. Called the copper pleb on yeah, the Yeah, he's back. I seen him. We die when he came out. Uh, of the right. Number ten. I. I can't. Remember they're all his coming name. back now. We've got you know we've got Ange. We've got Dirty Den. We'll have Lofty back in a bit, won't we? Like, yeah, well, so they're all it, coming it back. It does now. seem like, uh, you know, like what as you say, when the ratings fail, bring back the ones who were popular before. Yeah, even if that means pulling them back from beyond the grave. Well, the like, what's her name? She came back as well, didn't she? Uh, Sharon, isn't it? She came back and all, didn't yeah. she? Yeah, you know, we'll have all of them back, innit? Grant, he's back. You know, well, it's, it's just entertainment. It's just nonsense. Yeah, it would be great entertainment, but it does it's actually boring. affect people's lives. Well, I don't know. I you don't... know, they make decisions that do. They make decisions like the bedroom tax, yeah. like like what money is going to go into education, what money is going to go to this, whether or not they're they're going to, you know, fund this, that and the other from the public purse. Um, Maybe. Or whether they're going to give it to their mates for PPE that's no good or that doesn't arrive. Maybe. You know. Um, they make those decisions, so it would be great if it was like a joke. if the news was like watching EastEnders. Well, it is, and it, it is like watching EastEnders, but it shouldn't be. No, um, but at the bottom of it, I think is just corruption. I think that's what's at the bottom of it. It's like die now, he's back and he die, right? Yeah. And I did notice. This is why this just annoys me. The news is uh, basically Dye's been acting as a lobbyist, haven't he, in, in Westminster. Yeah. So he's not back at all. He's been there all the time, except he hasn't been on the telly. So he's been lobbying all these different people in the government for ages, because he knows them all, because he's got his address book, haven't yeah. he? Full of all his mates, yeah? So he just goes around lobbying, 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 lobbying. So it's not like it's portrayed by the telly that, like, Sunak's sitting in a room going, oh, how can I, how can I improve my ratings? Who can I think of? Who was popular? I know, die. Oh, I'll phone him up. I haven't seen him for ages. He probably seen him last week because he's he's hanging around, but he's just not on the telly, isn't he? Yeah. So it's all BS, isn't it? Yeah. Because the story is that die has come out to the cold, you know, and all that. But but he uh, hasn't, uh, have he? Uh, he's been there all the time. Yeah. And they know that because they've seen him. Well, they can't but, they can't bring <laughs> Boris back yet, can they? Well, he might come They back. can't bring Boris back yet because they've only just killed him off. So they have to bring back somebody who was an election winner. And ah. who was the biggest election winner before Boris? Die. 
They can't bring, they will bring back Maggie next in an urn, won't they? There's, Do you know what I mean? They'll well, bring they, her in in an urn, There's, there's they? no election winner there, is there? What, That's Maggie? the thing. No, I mean, in, in, in the Conservative Party, there's nobody who could be at the front who could win an election. No. So I don't know if there's ever been a Prime Minister who's not an elected MP. Um, but I didn't know there had been a foreign secretary, but apparently you there has do in the past. That. Yeah, you can yeah. Do so that. maybe, maybe this is the chance to have. It was quite usual before. to win the election with yeah. with David Cameron at the helm. By the time they hold it in a year's time, because Rishi joke. won't last that long. Don't you reckon? No, he won't last that long. He ain't got the backing of the party. Oh. Letters have gone in, haven't they? To have the they? 1922. Oh, from, was that so Braverman letter? Braverman's is going in. <laughs> that was um, funny. That Andrea. Um, well, I'm always tempted to call her Andrea up yours Jenkins because right, she's yeah. the one who stuck her middle finger up at the crowd in the press as Boris was going to make his resignation. Oh speech. yeah, yeah. Um, it's all that's the thing. Doof, 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 yeah. doof, doof, doof. You know what's next? Like so, she's put hers in and published that. So I don't know how many have gone in in the background. Um, we'll hear about it, no doubt, at some point. Well, I think, but yeah. I don't think it'll last by the time we record next week. Do you know what my theory with him is? I don't think he's actually, I don't think he actually exists, um, Rishi Sunak. Right? I think he's AI. Because <laughs> if you watch him, right, he looks like a projection, doesn't he? He, he could We be- have come to stop the boats. That is my promise to to you, isn't he? He's, he's a robot, isn't he? So I think he's an AI projection. I think that's the thing. That's a joke. I don't really think he's an AI projection. He's a robot in normal length trousers. Yeah, he is. He's got nice shirts, though, haven't he? Have you seen yeah, shirts, he wears yeah. some real nice clothes. Yeah, he? he does, aye. Posh, yeah. isn't he? You know, like well, that. Very posh, yeah. But it's just... 15 eyes is Sunak, isn't it? <sighs> we had two Jags Prescott. We got 15 eyes is Sunak. But I think this is all very cynical, but I think in lots of ways, but I think what we have to hold on to as Christians is we can't put our trust in these goons. No, which is what we'll be looking at when we look at yeah. Ecclesiastes in a minute. And I think this idea that human politics can save us is nonsense because it can't. And I think that's why it always goes wrong with this Potemkin. Behind... I don't think it can save us, but I do think that it can damage us. Oh, it can damage us um, in more ways than one. But I think um, what they've done is, I think what they've done is they believe that they are gods among men, and there's no, there's no difference between how they think of themselves and how leaders have always thought of themselves. Well, you can't put your trust in mankind, can no. you? One of my favourite lines from Oasis. Don't put your life in the hands of a rock and roll band and throw it all away. Well, I'd rather I think that's Psalms. true for um, politicians too. It is, but I think it's the same with the Psalms. Is that wonderful bit where it says, "Do not put your trust in a horse for all its strength it cannot save." Yeah, and there's this thing where, you know, they have this idea that the government can save us from things, and I struggle with that now. I didn't used to. But I think I, I do as I get older. Do you think that sometimes uh, people have begun to idolise governments yeah. like they're gods? Yeah. I think that's at the heart of it, is we, we've we replaced community, family, God, so we've elev- government. We've elevated them above their station, in effect. Really, yeah. They they And I think that's what the problem was with COVID and other things like that, is this belief that government... And 
procedures and processes and all these other things, they can keep us safe and save us. But that's and I I don't think that's, that's true. the thing on the on our structure though, isn't it? Yeah. Because when we look at the wording in the BCP, mm. we pray for the king, Charles, um, and in effect his government. Yeah. Because um, because he theoretically has authority over them although you wouldn't know that from the speech he made last week well yeah that fundamentally went against all of his own green well yeah exactly credentials um you know remembering whose governor he He is yeah you know and and to whom he belongs and and that's what the whole thing is and we we've we've replaced god with with works of man and that's that's never going to work and that's why the potemkins falling apart yeah is the, the the fundamental idea is falling apart and what we've got now are people who are desperately trying to put up the front to, to have a sideshow and all these sorts of yeah. other things. But all this stuff is a sideshow. Really, what are the issues that face most people in Britain? Housing crisis. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, that's the fundamental one. Housing crisis. Inflation. Right? Uh, how can you bring up a family with ordinary money, with with just like working an ordinary job? Yeah. When your dad was a kid back in the sixties, or my dad, right? You could have one person who had an ordinary job who could afford to live an ordinary life doing ordinary things. Uh, that wasn't actually a reality from a dad. It was from my mum's family, strangely enough, but not from my dad's. Um, and that's because the evils of the world. Grabbed a hold of my granddad. Ah, right. And um, he spent all the money that he earned betting. Aye, yeah. And he weren't that good at it. No, but but <laughs> what I mean was, is, I know, I know he was things like that. But so like, actually, yeah, my nan had to work all the way through to to actually pay the bills. But the difference, but is, actually, in reality, one person did pay all the bills. It was your money. The other person better away, better away the money. Better yeah. away the money. So you know. So the thing is, what I mean, God rest his soul. But for my my kids now, right. How can they afford to have a house? How can they afford to live? How can they afford... Are they going to have to live with me forever? Like, that's not too bad, because I've got a vicarage, so I'll probably have room for them somewhere, right? But how can they live independently? How can they have a family? These are core issues that nobody's actually talking about. What we're talking about is bring back Dirty Den. Yeah. So that's why it's a Potemkin, because what it does, it stops us talking about the issues that actually affect... Everybody. Well, I was on my way to your house this morning, and I listened to James O'Brien on LBC with his fifteen-minute yeah. introduction to a show, and he actually said the same as you that that all the way through politics now, what we have is a news flash story that distracts us from the truth that lies beneath. Exactly. Um, and so he's saying the same as you. He just didn't use the same terminology. Yeah, it's just the same with national debt and stuff like that. So, like, there's a good thing with austerity is that we had a huge national debt, right? Yeah. Because of the banking crisis and all that sort of thing. And then we pretended we could make it go away. Yeah, so then they brought in austerity along with quantitative easing to try and sort it out and all that. So we said to the poor, right, I'm sorry, you, you, you're going to get evicted because we need to cancel this debt, and if we don't do it, then we're in trouble, right? So we said to the poor, that's what we had to do. This is a die's big plan, but the debt went up. Yeah. 
and it's still there and it's got worse because of COVID and everything else. So these are the things. So what bothers me about the news, really, and with all this stuff, is none of it's going to make any difference. Because nobody's talking about the things that matter, about yeah. justice. Yeah. We're all talking about silly nonsense. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah, somebody wrote a nasty James, letter. James O'Brien was doing it in the context of the fact that the Rwanda plan has been binned off by the Supreme Court today. Um, and that actually it was never meant to be a plan to fix immigration anyway. It was just a plan to make it look like you're doing something. That's what I said months we, ago. We did the same thing. And I listen. Last year, our heating packed up in St. Saviour's, right? Yeah. And so we bought four heaters for not very much <clears> money, <throat> an investment of 150 quid across them, that we knew wouldn't heat the church or even effectively heat the people. <laughs> but it gives the impression that we're trying to do something to keep them warm. Yeah. And in reality, we are trying to do something to keep them warm, but it's a long, drawn-out process yeah, that's yeah, going to yeah, take yeah. time. But in the interim, you wanted them to think that there was that there was something there that made a difference. It's a Potemkin. Yeah. It was, he knew all along, right? This is what I said months ago. He knew all along that he was going to get kicked out, right, by the yeah. Supreme Court. The plan is just insane. Yeah. Right? But then all he's got to do then is turn around, as he will do, and turn around and say, well, we could fix immigration, but um, we're not going to do that because of these lefty lawyers, Yeah, because these lefty lawyers. Exactly. All so it's all a Potemkin. Yeah. So in a minute, we'll talk about... I think that might have just ruined our news slot for the ongoing future. Why is that? Well, because we've pretty summar pretty much summarised all we ever talk about in one go. Well, what we'll do, we're going to talk about... Maybe we should talk about stuff that really matters, then. Yeah. We'll try and find some, some news which is to do with stuff that like these things like you know that are affecting people like like immigration's a good one in the sense is you know that is an issue all right, we don't, need to talk don't about talk about it now all right yeah but you know yeah, what i mean yeah yeah. yeah yeah all right so next time in a minute we're talking about um ecclesiastes yeah so thanks for watching i've done it again thanks for <laughs> Thanks for listening to us. Just get it right. Thanks for listening to those Vicar blokes. Uh, we're glad you're not watching us, especially as we don't look very nice. Don't forget to... Speak uh, for yourself. Well, yeah, uh, okay. I brushed my hair last week. Did you? Last yeah, week? Yeah. All right. Well, I keep it so short, I don't have to brush it. That's yeah, the way around enough. it. Yeah. So uh, don't forget to subscribe and comment. Put your comments in. And as we will talk about in our next section... Comments are good. You don't have to agree with us. It's, uh, we're all chasing after the wind, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, Dave, um, you've done some homework on Ecclesiastes. I've done some homework, but not as much as you. Look it, at you calling up the essay you've written on it. <laughs> I can see what you're doing. <laughs> so, yeah, I've done a bit of homework on it. Um it's the second part of the three wisdom texts. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's uh, I'm in a narc about what the first one's written. I didn't ever realise that. I'd read it in isolation of Proverbs. But um, basically, it looks at Proverbs mm -hmm. that, that, that being the first of the three wisdom texts and says, nah, you're chatting rubbish, mate. Yeah. Um, and then so we get a two-voice narrative, don't we? We get, we get the author and we get the critic. That's it. And so the author talks about the critic and what the critic says. 
So it was quite interesting because he's criticizing what Proverbs says all the way through. Yeah. Even though in isolation, both Proverbs and Ecclesiastes seem to be giving us some pretty good advice. Yeah, that's right. And Proverbs, to give a bit of background, is basically those like long, the long list of Proverbs. And what they would do, they would use them to train scribes. So like if you were trained as a scribe, you'd copy out Proverbs as a way of teaching you how yeah. to live, you know, as wisdom, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But it, Proverbs. But uh, the Proverbs starts on the basis that if you set yourself in the fear of the Lord um, and always defer to His reverence, then you can't go far wrong. Yeah, it's what goes around comes around, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because we've already covered the third part of the wisdom text, which is the Book of Job. Yeah. Uh, but Ecclesiastes is slightly different, so it's set up as a conversation between the critic who's criticizing. Uh, proverbs and criticizing that idea of what goes around comes around. Yeah, yeah, and then the author as well. So, what what else does it say in there from your own work? It says that life's pointless. Does it? No, it it <laughs> seems to say that life is pointless. Yeah. Um, but in reality, it says that there's a right and a wrong way, and that we should aim to be living in the right way but to not try and control those things that are beyond our own control. Yeah. It's it's the uh, Hebrew word, I've, I've written it down, yeah. hevel. And me, I wrote it down as well, hevel. Hevel. Now, do you remember what hevel says? Have you got it written down? No, in no, I wrote that down. Hang on, I could just go find it's it. It's a back of a fag packet thing, this, Dave. That's, this, is how I, <laughs> this is how I write my sermons. If you were holding it, he's got like a piece of paper, which is like, is, what is it, it's a compliment my, slip? It's my calling card. It's your calling card. Yeah. Right, yeah. I called on you today and you couldn't be arsed to answer the door. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that. People listen to this, so I'd have left a card for Oh, I know. It does actually say... It, you saw it was Dave and you hid. That's what it says. Yeah. yeah. I called today and my contact details are, and then there's plenty of space for me to write a personalised note on it. Which um, says, I really called it, useful. you were hiding behind the sofa. Uh, yeah. So I, what, <laughs> I saw you when I looked through your letterbox. <laughs> so what, uh, what is Hevel then? Oh, I, where did I write it? It says on there, I can see it at the back. Can you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hevel. So it's a Hebrew word yeah. and it means vapour or smoke. Um, that constantly changes shape, but is ungraspable. So it's where it talks about chasing after wind. Yeah. In the in the English translation, it says chasing after wind. Yeah. So I think I but, like that. Oh, I quite liked it in the sense that you know. So you, what, what do you think that means? We have that a lot in the scriptures where we talk about the cloud that comes down. Yeah, oh, at the, the transfiguration, yeah. there's a yeah. lot of dis- and ascension. This idea of a cloud or smoke, or it's that sort of tradition. What what does that mean then? This hevel. Well, it means that in the context of the wisdom text, that we're trying to grab a hold and restrain something that is not meant to be held or restrained. We're trying to over-control things. Yeah. Mm. I think, yeah, there's a couple of things there. Is It's about the limitations of law. Is in the Deuteronomist, sorry, in that strain, which is called Deuteronomistic, but it basically means what goes around comes around, which yeah. is what Proverbs is from. This idea that you can control our behaviour, the world is controlled through God's law, which is yeah. to a certain extent true. 
So that's kind of true, because we talked about it before, that if you misbehave, bad things will happen to you, and that's the way the universe is set up. So it's not God punishing people, but he set the universe up that if you misbehave, it's more likely that bad things are going to happen to you, right? Yeah. But Ecclesiastes stands, a bit like Job as well, in opposition to that, saying that the law is a bit like chasing after wind. Trying to grab reality is a bit impossible because you try. it's like trying to grab smoke, isn't it? Yeah. And trying to get wisdom is very difficult because it's like trying to grab smoke. Because Ecclesiastes goes through all different approaches to life. Like he goes, if you see, if you search after pleasure, then that doesn't give you contentment. Because all these things are like chasing after wind. That's the thing. If you search for wisdom and knowledge, that doesn't give you contentment. And it's a bit like chasing after yeah. wind. If you search for riches, that doesn't. Uh, I yeah. think, but I think some of the criticism of Proverbs by the critic in Ecclesiastes is the fact that um, it puts these things under the basis of a faith. Mm. Um, and whether you have faith or not, you're still going to die, seems to be the message of Ecclesiastes. Yeah, yeah. There's not much of the way of a salvationist uh, view in it, is there? Um, not really. But I think... But it's about it's still about treating people well. Mm. And that's what it strives for is justice and mercy mm. and to treat people well. But it doesn't disregard God, ultimately. No, he doesn't. No. Um, it, it just says... it. Really, it refers it back to following the laws that are already set in motion and not striving after um, and over-worrying about things that are beyond your control. That's that's one of the big things. We'll come to that. In a bit, you I can't think. change the law. No. I think it's basically what it says. Yeah, you can't, you change, can't the law change the law because the law is set up um, in creation. Yeah, so it's like trying to change gravity. You yeah. can't do it. Humanity cannot overpower God's natural law and and, and the created order. Yeah, and maybe that's why the politicians should listen to it because that's the that's the dream of the last um, two hundred years is that human beings have the power to overcome nature, overcome yeah. our humanity, overcome yeah. being human. And it's even in the French constitution, um, because it's part, a central part of the French Revolution, is this idea that human beings are perfectible. You believe in that, because you always go on about the arc of progress. You always go on about moral progress all the time. You say, I, th- I thought by now we would have moved on from that. That's what the telly says all the time, isn't it? It's 2023. I thought we wouldn't be barbaric anymore. I I don't... I don't think that I put the timescale on it in that way. Yeah. But I do think that actually um, there are biblical texts that support the idea that... um, One day every knee will bow. Yeah, but that's and every the... tongue will confess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not us that does it, though. I think it is us that does it. I think it, that there is. That actually Ecclesiastes isn't anti that happening, and neither is Proverbs, but humanity is. And that is to say that 
for our faith as Christians, the more Christ-like we become, the more we become perfected as humanity. Um, and I think that means the closer we get um, to... Um, an eternal kingdom, the second coming. So even when you look at the passage where it says there will be wars and there will yeah. be rumours of wars and this, that and the mm. other, I don't believe it says that when it all turns to rubble, that's when Christ will come back. Mm. What I think that means is that we have to hit rock bottom before we realise how stupid we've been and to refocus ourselves on God in order that we can reach that, I almost said utopian state. Um, and that's not what I mean, but similar. You see what I mean? That I think what, that, you, that, what, yeah, that, what you're struggling with. That right? almost paradise <clears throat> part. Yeah, what we're struggling with is the idea of moral progress comes from Christianity, right? In a sense, that there's a Christian idea that we, the more we turn to Jesus, the more perfectible we'll be, right? And that's what, Ecclesiastes is critiquing this idea if you follow the law you can build the perfect society right but what Ecclesiastes does it acts as a break on that saying that no because you can never fully know the law yeah and and I think that's the thing and you can never control other people enough no. to make that or you can only work on what is you and your own sphere of influence yeah and and, and when we think that everybody's going to go along at the same rate and there won't be um, that we'll lose the the good and bad and the light and the dark. It's just not reality. There will yeah. always be light. There will always be dark. You can't end racism. Um, we Yeah. As much as we might want to. You can't. But you can only end racism within yourself. Exactly. Um, you can only you seek can... to influence those that you've got an influence over. Mm. But But you can't control things that are well beyond your scope of control exactly it's it's a call to humility as ecclesiastes this idea of chasing after wind yeah it's a call to say okay we've got these laws right they're an approximation of what's correct and we understand the world as an approximation of what the world is but it can never be fully known but it doesn't stop you seeking to understand that and to um, model yourself and your own behaviour in humility on that without thinking you're the, the big I am and you're going to... Yeah. It's, it's, it's to reduce the big I am syndrome. Yeah, it is. Because yeah. there's only one I am. Well, think of this. is um, When you're... Um, who's that now? It's the doorbell. All right. Think of this now. When, I, when you're in... Scientific research, right? What you have to do every few months is do something called a lab talk. Right. Right. So you're all scheduled to do these. So what you have to do is do a talk about the research that you've done to the rest of the lab. Yeah. Right? And the idea is then the lab then critiques your talk. Yeah. And helps you understand what you're doing, right? Yeah. Okay. That's the whole point of it, right? So and I always used to inject into my lab talks. I used to say, we've got to remember we're looking through a glass darkly. Because I love that thing about catching yeah. wind, is that is science really, is that you're trying desperately to understand what you're looking at, yeah. but you can't because you, all your ideas end up being wind and you, you can't understand what it is and you're desperately trying to grasp at it. 
And even when you get enough data to produce a paper, all that does is give you another pile of questions that you need to kind of grasp and yeah. all, all sorts of things. And um, then the other people in the lab started using that thing, the phrase, saying, oh, as Howell always says, we have to remember we're looking through a glass darkly, right? Which is what... Yeah. And then I turned around and told them that um, where did it come from? And they were yeah. really annoyed because they thought that Christianity was about having definite answers to questions, definite yeah. laws that you have to follow, being ultra-legalistic in following those laws and knowing what was good and knowing what was bad. Yeah. And, and it's not because we're looking, like St. Paul, we're looking through a glass darkly, we're grasping after wind. Everything we've got is an approximation. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's wrong or it's bad or we shouldn't bother. It's just like in science, is it's an approximation. Yeah. And when we have that certainty, right, and we believe that we can control things through our cleverness and through our certainty, we end up in a situation where you have to have a magic... um a magic mask that you put on yourself. You walk into Starbucks, right, with your magic mask on. You ask for a cup of coffee, and you get your cup of coffee, and you sit down like that. Then you take your magic mask off, but you're all right. You're still not going to catch COVID. Do you know why? Because you've sat down. And it's the magic of sitting down that stops the virus. Can you think of anything more absurd than that? Can you... Can you... Do you see what I mean? You don't have to know anything about biology to understand that that's nonsense. Yeah. But if we forget that we're grasping after wind and we're, our laws aren't perfect and, and, you know, you shouldn't always listen to the priests. Yeah. And that our, that's, that's what Ecclesiastes, I think, is about. Us too. They should always listen you to listen us. To us. You can yeah, listen yeah. to us, but we're not infallible, are we? No, we're not. No, absolutely and, not. And if someone came up on a comment going, oh, Dave, I think you're talking rubbish, then sometimes we are. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and we've said yeah, we that. Are. Yeah, we are. Yeah. 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 A few <laughs> times we've had to say, no, we, actually, we might have got that wrong. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know. You know, it's, we're it's not a, infallible. We I, I think of two, one particular name who's dragged me over the coals a few times, but, uh, but no, but... That's the point, is Ecclesiastes teaches us that's what we should be doing. Yeah. And it gives us a great load of phrases, none of which instantly come to mind. But, you know, they, they crop up every now and again, don't they, as as these... Nothing new under the sun. Yeah, these wives' tales that, that crop up. And actually, they're not wives' tales at all. No. They're, they're out of the mouth of the critic of Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Well, the critic of Proverbs. It was in Ecclesiastes. And I do think one of our fundamental problems in our society is that we, we're, we've got a kind of secular version of Proverbs. Yeah. And we're not listening. We've lost that sense of humility. Yeah. And when we're trying all the time to control things and manage things, and this is the thing with technocracy, isn't it? We, the, the, the high priests of whatever can run everything. And they know what they're doing, and they're the grown-ups in the room, and we have to listen to them. And they're just a new priesthood. Yeah. But what they're doing is falling apart, and because it, because they've forgotten. They've forgotten that they can't control everything. Because you can't. No. You can't. You, you could, you, the only way you I can... I don't know if they've forgotten that, necessarily. They just... 
I, I, I think they like to give the illusion that they can, but I think in reality they know they can. Don't they? No, I think they. If don't. not, what on earth is going on in the brain? I think they are delusional. You see it all the time when you have like guidance coming down from whatever, like you're a school governor, aren't they? Yeah. And other things like that. When you interact with them, you get this guidance, and you read the guidance, and you think, "What?" And everybody yeah. goes, did "Oh, you that's have, really good guidance." Did you have the delights well. of reading the white paper for the education thing? <laughs> yeah. Did you know they've binned it off? Yeah. It came in with a great like yeah, bang yeah, on the yeah. table, yeah. and then they left the wi- the window open overnight, and it blew off the desk and disappeared. Yeah. You know, it, it sort of. But that's what I mean. It's just that, drifted away. It, it's that sort of intensive bureaucracy that that believes, and I think believes we can control everything. Yeah. It, it it reminds me of there's a famous story about toothbrushes in the Soviet Union, right? Is in the Soviet Union because they didn't have a market system, right? Yeah. So they they said for each from his from each according to their ability to each according to their need, right? So what they would do is they would try and work out how many people in the Soviet Union needed a toothbrush, right? And they would rationally produce toothbrushes, right? Right. So what they ended up with is Huge stores of toothbrushes. Yeah. Yeah. Because they thought that people needed slightly more toothbrushes than they did. But because they amplified it by millions, they made too many. Right, I see. And that's why there was no food in the shops in the Soviet Union. I bought a new toothbrush this week. Did I? Yeah. Yeah, you buy one when you need one, didn't you? From Timu, I bought mine. Did you? Yeah. That's a rip-off, Alice. My kids told me that's a rip-off. Nah, it's not a rip-off. You get good stuff on Timu for very little money. No, my kids have told me they take all your bank details and that. It's all a con. Well, they haven't taken any of my money yet. Eh? Well, we'll have have an update on that. I pay them. We'll have an update on that. I pay them with Google Pay anyway. All right, okay. But that's the thing. So... Ecclesiastes, good book, not good book. I think I think it's good, but I like it. I it, think it's it, def- need, it needs re- it needs visiting more often than it probably gets visited. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think it's brilliant because it holds. And this is the thing with scripture all the time: is you have two opposing ideas, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, neither of which are correct in a sense. And it's not that the truth is in the middle. Probably fulfilled by Job. Probably fulfilled by Job, yeah. But the idea is all the time, the truth is in the tension, not in the middle. Yeah. Both things are true at the same time, and we've forgotten that. Yeah. Both things. You you can... Uh, my father-in-law's neighbour um, smoked like a chimney all his life, and he died in 88. And he didn't even die of any smoking-related illness. Yeah. My uncle dropped dead at 40 of an heart attack. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? But it doesn't mean that smoking's safe. It doesn't mean that smoking's safe because you can get run over by a bus tomorrow, but it doesn't mean you can keep yourself safe because everything is... Things aren't definite. Everything is probable. Yeah. And that's the thing we forgot. We think that everything's definite. Everything's like physics and maths, and it's not. It's like the changing cloud of smoke. Yeah. That goes where it wills, and you can't stop it or catch it. Yeah. Do you want a really nerdy explanation for that? No. Neither do the listeners. Oh, okay. It's all about Brownian motion. Okay, okay. 
it, smoke is is fundamentally random, basically. So it's actually scientifically correct. It's called Brownian motion, with the randomness of the smoke particles. Ladies and gentlemen, I am sure I said no to the nerdy explanation, but you got one anyway. I couldn't stop myself. Sorry. So we're going to talk about Modern Family next. Yeah. Hopefully you're not watching those Vickers blokes, but you are listening to it. Um, so thank you for sticking with us. Um, we're about to talk about Modern Family on Disney. Um, so please, please do give us your TV suggestions. So as I haven't got to watch the normie rubbish oh, that Owl recommends. I didn't recommend it. Uh, anyway, yeah. okay. Leave your comments in the Substack. Let us know what you think. Um, and feel free to add anything or to discuss anything that we've discussed, um, so as we may all learn together. Right, Dave, we've had a recommendation. Uh, it wasn't so, a good one, though, was it? What, for Modern Family? Yeah, I liked it. Very good. wasn't very good. I liked it. I'd, I'd seen some episodes <laughs> before. Ah, uh, It's normally telly. It is normie telly. It is it really, is really telly. It is like, really normie, yeah. It is really normie. Right up there with, like, How I Met Your Mother and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, it is a very, very basic American sit- sitcom. Isn't yeah. It? Do you want to give some background about the sitcom? It's about... We thought we'd like this. The person who recommended it is... It's about a multi-dimensional family where yeah. there's people that are very different in amongst the same family, but but none of them are actually conventional normal. Yeah, you know, because there's no such thing as normal, but there's well, no, a conventional the, idea of normal. The 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 there's there's three families, isn't there? Yeah. They're all related. So there's a bloke who's in his like sixties, isn't it? Who's married to a woman in her thirties? Yeah, who's very good looking from Colombia. Yeah, it? who's got a a little boy from her previous relationship? Yeah, there's two gay blokes. Yeah, who've adopted a kid from Vietnam. Yeah, and then there's a kind of two point. There's a man. Oh, and a there woman. is. Yeah, yeah. A man and a woman with three kids. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. very conventional. They have. She's a stay-at-home mum, and she and he's this dopey father. Well, I don't father. know because the one that I watched, she was a stay locked in the bathroom mum, wasn't she? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's a stay-at-home mum, and uh, the dad's like dopey and that, and it. And they live in a nice well, he, little class house. And he things. is quite typical, isn't he? You know, well, I don't he know, was typical in that episode. He's know? a kind of like yeah, you know, Simpson there was a job that had to be done from the wife. <laughs> And she went on and on and on and on, and then he lied and said he'd done it, and then, in effect, he should have got caught out, but he never. That's you, Dad. That's what I was told with that. Yeah. That's you, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I quite like it, right? It is normie, but I quite like it. It's it's all right. I quite like it. I'm surprised you didn't like it, because it is, like, really normie. <laughs> you, you make out I'm really normie, but I'm not. Maybe you're I, not. I like things that I don't. I don't watch a lot of telly that you that just happens. Yeah. You know, that's just background. Yeah. I like if I'm watching telly, I like it to challenge me a little bit yeah. to keep me thinking. That's why we didn't like that three little birds, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because it was just too background yeah, telly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I thought this programme was a bit like that. I found it difficult to concentrate on it because it was a bit it is basic, isn't it? Like, yeah. So what was the what was the up with it? Because it was my daughter who recommended it to me. So, well, you, well, they skived off church, didn't they, to go and play golf? Yeah. Which was quite interesting. And then um, 
That's the main one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this poor little lad who skived off church um, thinks that there's there's no consequence to that, and then all of a sudden the the stepdad bloke is like, "Well, I never said that," you know, and it was all a bit. It was a, it was an illusion that was then taken away and left him devastated, didn't it? Yeah. But it was all about illusions. Yeah, it was. Because yeah. even with the gay couple, it was like they didn't want to go to this party. So yeah. after this very minor little earthquake, yeah, um, it did no damage to their eyes. They were looking for these excuses. And then the guys, <laughs> they'll come round and help you clear up. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're caught in the lie and they're having to try and get out of it. But I thought that was quite And they lie to get out of the lie and yeah. lie gets big. It's like, oh, dear. Well, it was a bit like he was trying to be nice, wasn't he? So they were invited to this party and he didn't want to go. Was this... So they... They lied that their house was wrecked because of the earthquake. Uh, and then when the guy said, I'll come round to help you clean up, they had to wreck their house, didn't they? Well, to yeah, they didn't it... do a very good job of wrecking their house. No, but broke the... two plates and smashed a window. <clears throat> but their lies got out of control, didn't they? Yeah. I think it was the same with the thing where uh, the kid wanted to skive off church um, and go and play golf with, a, with his dad or with his stepdad uh, instead. But then he thought, Oh, um, maybe there won't be any consequences for me not going to church. That sounds good, but then he he kind of in the end he went to church, didn't he? Yeah. Son, you know, um, I think what I didn't the only thing I didn't like about it in a way I thought it was quite funny, but is this idea that going to church is a kind of insurance policy against hell? Yeah, but that's that's that was deliberate satire in the program, isn't it? Yeah, it was deliberately set up to. Yeah. To to make fun of that view. Yeah. Um Which uh, I think is good because that's not why you should go to church. No. That's not the that's not the whole point. But I think it was done quite well. It was quite nice the way they sort of poke fun at it. I thought that was quite funny, that, that sort of view. I like the way that the Colombian woman as well, so the good looking woman is uh is Colombian and uh how faith is always seen as something which is a bit kind of exotic now, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, I was thinking about well, some it. some is and some isn't. There's no middle ground on it, is there? It's either exotic or it's those boring people. Yeah. There's no middle ground on it. Yeah. No normal people go to church. No. It's either the extremely... Well, there's three types, isn't there? There's the bigots. Yeah. Right. They, they, they Bigots go to church. There's the really boring people who go to church yeah. who are just really boring. Like you and and me. They're, they're, yeah, they're the bigots as well. And then you get the exotic people go to church. Yeah. Yeah. And I was watching, this isn't about uh, our, about, what's it called, um, Modern Family. Is um, I was watching a Stacey Dooley thing the other day about death, right? Maybe we should review that. You should watch it. It's not. We've not, got to watch time in between. Yeah, I'm not that bothered. It's my about pick. The, yeah. No, we got another pick. We got Under the Dome. I haven't seen that. That's good. Yeah. Hang on. Where, where that. did that come from? Is it that came up on, on, a, on the comment. Yeah, yeah, on the comment. Oh, yeah. there was no comments on Substack when I looked. That, last. A couple of weeks. Yeah, it's good. A couple that? of weeks. I had, a, I had a message about it. Under the Dome on Channel Five. Right. Okay. Right. But anyway, this one with Stacey Dooley, right? Is it's really interesting because they have uh, <laughs> they got a laugh at the BBC. They get everything wrong. Is he had this funeral for this guy who was uh, West Indian? Yeah, right? yeah. And he died, so they did the whole West Indian thing, which is which is lovely. Yeah. They've done funerals like that; they're great, right? And they were talking about their faith. 
which was and it was it was done quite well actually. There's some nice things to say, but it was like almost as if it was set up. Because then they had this other funeral then of this. Um, it was really sad. This, this child had died, but they were kind of they were white guys. Who this has happened to. So it's always if you're white, this is kind of you're no religion. But if you're kind of a little bit, you know, yeah, yeah. So it's always the same like that. And the best laugh was they said um, they're a humanist minister, and all she went on about was like living on after and things like that. I'm like, that's not humanism. That's just a secular celebrant. Yeah. So it wasn't that at all. Yeah, but that's often the case, isn't it? Is that oh yeah, one well, of non-religious the, the, the hu- humanism and secularism um, somehow are, are, are confused in people's language, where humanism is a is a very separate thing to secularism. Yeah, so a non-religious um, funeral. You say I want a non-religious funeral, but um, I want the Lord's Prayer and uh, well, that's couple of all things bright and beautiful. And that's sec- yeah, <laughs> that's secular with an element of cultural. Yeah, religion, as opposed to being a full faith funeral. But I think it's but, not. It's not humanism. Yeah, because if it was, you wouldn't be having the Lord's Prayer and no, and you wouldn't, and, and you wouldn't be talking about where you go after or anything no. like that, innit? Yeah, or any of those sorts of things. How you live on, you know, is the whole point is you don't, isn't it? So, um, but that's what I mean. I think in this, it was the it was interesting. It was the Colombian family that was the the, yeah. the Catholic one, you know, or, or Christian one. But I quite liked it. I think it's a good program to watch. I particularly like the gay couple. They're really funny. Because what I, re- what I really like about it is it's a nice program. Yeah. And it doesn't take a lot of effort, right? It is normy, right? It's nice. And it's a bit like... I like the gay couple because it talks about those issues in a really sensitive and good way. Yeah, and it's not bashing your head about things. So, like, the character of the one gay guy is he thinks everyone's against him, but nobody is. Yeah. So he's constantly surprised by how accepting people are, and I think that's really and the dynamic between him and his father is quite interesting as well, because I think that's handled quite well. Because his father's sort of. <laughs> He's kind of got a complex relationship with it. He does accept him, but he finds it difficult. I think that's and it's how yeah. they navigate that. And I think that's handled quite well without judging or about on either side. Do you see yeah. what I mean? That I don't think that came through much in this episode, really. No. But uh it is worth watching for that. I think the reason we watched this is because of the heaven thing, but you know it's There's about five hundred hours of it though, isn't there? Yeah, I've only watched like about ten of them. Yeah. You know. My daughter likes it, so I watch it with her, so, you know, it's quite nice. Yeah, all right. Yeah, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying you should watch it, Dave. I'd recommend it. It's quite nice, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. It's not offensive if you want it on the telly while you're doing something else. Yeah. It's not going to challenge your mind in any way, no. but it's quite, you know, it's nice, isn't it? Nice. Yeah. It's nice telly. Nice telly. Okay. So next week, uh, we're starting the um, Advent course. We are, yeah. Talking about that. What is church? What is church? Week. We're talking about that. And then we are talking about the telly. So we're doing Under the Dome. It's good, Under the yeah. Dome. Yeah. Under the Dome and whatever's in the news. In the news. We have to sort out when we're going to record because I'm away three days next week at the end of the week. All right, we'll sort that out. So I'll do it early in the week. All right, so we'll sort that out in a minute. So we'll see you next time.
צרה.